0: Take your copy of God's Word and turn, if you will, to Psalm chapter 5, that fifth Psalm. As we hear God's Word to us today, today we uh, celebrate in so many ways the relationships that God has given us. It's a wonderful day to reflect and to think how blessed we really are. But we need to recognize certainly that the greatest relationship that we have is the relationship that we have with the fairest Lord Jesus. The relationship that we have with Jesus Christ and to try to rekindle that relationship and to cultivate, cultivate that relationship daily. Now, how do we do that? How do we rekindle relationships so often? We do that through communication, through talking, through sharing of lives together. And the same is true with our relationship with Christ. It is so important that we are communicating With him, that we have the lines of communication open and that we hear him speaking and we are speaking. Over the last few weeks in particular, we have talked about this communication. And I think hopefully we have laid out this process of how God speaks, we listen, and today as we look at this passage, how we speak back to him. I think that's the process. God takes the initiative in our lives to speak to us through his revelation. Through his word, he speaks to us because he loves us. We hopefully step back and say, God, we know that you've spoken and we want to hear you. We want to listen. And again, that's very difficult, right? As we've talked about, there are so many distractions. There are so many other voices that are calling to us daily. It can be difficult to step back and say, God, I want to hear from you. But it is absolutely necessary if we are to cultivate the relationship that we have with Christ. And then after we hear, I think God gives us the liberty to speak back, to talk to Him. And we do it through this avenue we call prayer. Psalm 5 is a prayer that is offered by King David. I want you to hear what He says in these first few verses in particular. Notice what He says He says, Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my king and my God, for to you I will pray. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. I love the way David just begins to talk to God, the way he just speaks to God. You see it all throughout his psalms. You it, see it through other psalms that are framed in these prayers where God just as moved upon the writer's heart, he's moved upon the believer's heart, and the believer responds in an open and authentic way to God. I want you to hear this this morning. As we think about prayers, we think about speaking to God, one, I want you to know that in prayer, you can be open with God. In prayer, you can be open with God. Why can you be so open with God? Because get this. God has opened the relationship to you and to me. He has opened up the way so that we can come right before him and we can have access to him. We can talk to him. Here, this prayer is based upon the psalmist's relationship with God. Notice David says, my king and my God. He has personalized this God. He says, you are my God, you are my king, and I can come before you and speak to you. That is extraordinary. That is extraordinary to think, that we can enter into the presence of a holy God and we can speak to him in such a way. Now, we know in the New Testament, Jesus Christ, as he came, as he broke down all barriers for us, as he died upon the cross, that he actually opened up the holy of holies unto us so that we don't have to have other people going on our behalf. We can go directly into the presence of God and we can speak to him and we can talk to him. Is that not just tremendous? it is extraordinary i was thinking last night as i was uh trying to uh, as i was trying to digest maybe that's a word that i could use the uh debate that i was watching last night some of you may not have done that i hope you didn't cuz you'd be in a better spiritual mood today probably in this place but as i was trying to process some of that and i was looking i was thinking about today and I said, you know, God has really blessed me in, in so many different ways throughout my life. He's blessed me by allowing me to meet some some folks that, by worldly standards, are, are pretty important. I met some governors, and I met some senators, and, you know, it, it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to meet those individuals. And then when you come away, God somehow reminds you, though, that they're just individuals, right? That they're just people. All these that we see, all of us are just flesh and blood, no matter who we are, no matter what we come from. But it is kind of cool to have access to different ones. And Now, for me, guess this is probably probably not surprising to you, but if I were to drive down to the governor's mansion today and I were to drive up and I were to punch the little button on the outside, I've been there a time or two, but if I were to punch that button and say, hey, I want to come in and see the governor today, they would say okay who are you well i'm reggie bridges and that means what well i'm a pastor up north louisiana yeah and that means what and i could hear this conversation i don't think i would get in to see the governor and that's that's fine i don't have a problem with that but get this get this What the Scripture teaches us, what David's prayer shows us here, is that you and I have the access to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that's much greater any day than any earthly figure or any earthly president or any earthly governor. We have the opportunity to go right in and to speak to God. And I want you to remember that. I want you to know that is a great privilege we have. And Jesus Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection, has secured that access for us. And we should never take it for granted that we can go before God and we can just simply speak to him. Prayer is speaking to God. It is talking to God. And God wants us to be open. He wants us to be honest when we come before him in our prayers. Notice, as David is praying, in that first verse, it says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Some of your other translations may say something like lament, or it may say groaning. Literally, literally, in the Hebrew, it means something like a groan. It, the word itself, if you were to hear it in Hebrew, the word itself sounds like a groan. It's this sound that you utter from within. It's almost like you cannot articulate the words. It's like you can't form the words upon your lips. It's just something that you have inwardly that you are groaning about. It is your upon your heart. When I think of this and I think of the original language, I also think of Romans 8, right? Remember in Romans 8 where it speaks about we will come before God at times in our lives? And our, our own spirits will groan within us. Our own flesh seems to groan. And it says that even in those moments when we don't know how to express our hearts and our lives to God, the Spirit of God groans on our behalf. He expresses something that we cannot express in our own words. I love that picture. And I think that's what David is saying here is that, God, I'm coming before you. And, and you know my heart, and even you know my groans. You know, you know my inward desires. God, you hear those as I lift them to you. Later, he uses this language of verse 2. He says, give heed to the voice of my cry. A cry is, a, is an expression of desperation. God, you hear my cry. You hear my heart. Now, many of us would not be comfortable necessarily Going to somebody else and maybe even crying in front of them, we would be concerned about what they would think or what they. But here, David says, God, when I come before you, I'm not concerned about, I'm not concerned about your attitude or your heart. I, I know who you are, and I just simply want to express my cry, even the pain that I have in my heart in life. Now listen, we ought to pray in so many times of our lives. We ought to pray even when it's not these crisis moments. But it is amazing how God will take a crisis moment and he will lead us to that place in the relationship where all we can do is cry out, we can groan when we truly see the relationship that we have had with him. I think that's what David is saying here. David says, God, I'm coming to you. I'm basing my approach in the relationship that I have with you. And God, I am open. I am honest. I want to direct my voice to you in the morning. I want you to hear me. And I want to just share what is on my heart. Do you know that's all prayer really is? Prayer is just coming and sharing with God what is on your heart and the, and the communication that you need to have with him at the moment. Sometimes, sometimes our openness can get lost in formalism sometimes our openness or sense of authenticity can get lost in formalism Uh, even when we're growing up i was talking with leslie about this this week when we were growing up we were taught a certain prayer you probably had gotten this prayer as well it said something like this now i lay me down to sleep i pray the lord my soul to keep if i should die before i wake i pray the lord my soul to take any of you ever prayed something like that yeah, that's that's fine. It's a, it's not a bad prayer. I mean, although if you want to scare your five year old to death, you just talk to him about the soul being taken that night, and you know that's that's kind. Of, it's not not. Too, you know, I thought about that. I said, I, I, Leslie and I were discussing that prayer, and we had learned it, and we had probably not thought too much about it coming up. But I said, you know, that could be a frightening prayer for some child. I mean, I'm I'm surprised I have not gotten more counseling moments out of that prayer. You know, where people would bring their child to talk to me about this. But, you know, those are good things. I mean, we teach our kids prayers. We teach our children prayers where they can, they can pray in such ways. But, you know, as you develop your relationship with God, it should go past that simple, formalistic prayer. I mean, you and I should grow out of those things as God develops the relationship. It's, it's kind of like when you start dating. When you start dating, you may be a little more formal. You might be, right? You're a little more sensitive about things. Some of you on this Valentine's Day, do you remember some of the first dates you had? Now, I know I'm straining some of your minds and memories. Do you remember those? And, you know, you, you were a little more formal. You maybe were concerned about more. You were watching your wording. But after a while, as you grew comfortable in the relationship, you didn't depend upon formalism. You depended upon what you just wanted to say, what God was, maybe just what was on your heart at that moment. And for us in our relationship with God, listen to David. David comes and he says, "God, you hear my groans. God, I know that. God, you hear my cry. God, you hear my voice when I cry out to you in the morning, when I speak to you, God." And and it's just, it's just an honest, authentic conversation that I'm having with you. You see, God wants to grow us out of our formalism. He wants us to come with our hearts and be open before him to pray what's on our hearts. You know, it's fine to do that. So many times we try to deal with the grand things before we deal with the small things. Now, listen, I think God wants us to pray for missions. I'm all for that. God wants us to pray for the great things in his vision. And, and somehow I think praying through those reminds us of how small ours are. But we also need to remember that God cares about the small things of our hearts and lives. And he wants us to deal with those as well when we come before him. So yes, it's fine. Maybe each day of the week you say, I'm going to pray for this area of the world And the missions that are there that that's great for you to do I have a had a preacher that told me one time that every morning he prayed for a certain area of the world and the missions efforts and therefore by the end of the uh, Week he had covered the whole world. That's awesome. I think that's a great practice. You ought to be intentional But you know what don't feel bad if you've got some other things on your heart. You need to take to god first Take those things to god be open He hears your cry. He hears your groaning you don't have to come to him in pretense. You come to him with who you are and you share it. Does your mind ever wonder when you pray? Does your mind ever wonder while the preacher's preaching? <laughs> yes, our minds wonder from time to time and maybe even in prayer. It's amazing. You know, I could be praying and I could be talking or thinking about these grand things. And somehow my mind will go back to something maybe that's happened that week. Maybe it's a concern I have about something in my family. Maybe it's an issue I've had about something at the church. It's amazing. I can try to be praying about the great schemes of God and missions and all of that. And somehow God can bring me back to these moments. And what I've learned is that, you know what, it's better for me to just say, God, okay, you know my heart here. Instead of me trying to betray who I am and, and come to you in pretense, God, I need to deal with this right now. God, this issue that, that I've been facing, this issue maybe that I have with this individual or this family member that's that, I, that I'm just concerned about right now, God, I just need to pour that out to you. Maybe a way God just prompts us to come and talk to him naturally naturally i read this week as i prepared this message and i found some different takes on prayer and the openness that we ought to have i think richard foster for example richard foster who's written so much about spiritual disciplines he says we bring ourselves before god just as we are warts and all like the children before a loving father we open our hearts and we make our request. We do not try to sort out the good from the bad. We tell God, for example, how frustrated we are with a coworker at the office or the neighbor down the street. We ask for food, favorable weather, good health. We just lay ourselves before God. Dallas Willard talks about how our failure to lay ourselves before God actually kills the relationship. This is what he says. He says, Prayer simply dies from efforts to pray about good things that honestly do not matter to us. The way to get to meaningful prayer for those good things is to start by praying for what we are truly interested in. The circles of our interest will inevitably grow in the largeness of God's love. Many people have found prayer impossible because they thought that they should only pray for the wonderful, but but remote needs they actually had little or no interest in or even knowledge of. And C.S. Lewis, of course, C.S. Lewis says that in prayer we must lay before him what is in us, not what ought to be in us. Listen to that. C.S. Lewis says when we come to God, just as David did through all the Psalms, when we pray, we lay before him what's in us, not what ought to be in us. He knows us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. So instead of trying to betray or come to him in pretense, we just lay ourselves open before him and say, God, this is what's on our heart. And God, we talk to you. It should not be intimidating to us simply to come to God in such a way. We should come in that relationship that we have with him, knowing we have access, and lay ourselves before him in openness, in authenticity, in praying About the things that God has placed upon our hearts. In prayer, we're to be open with God. In prayer, we are to trust God. I think that's a big component of this. If we're willing to trust Him, I think we will be willing to be open. Listen to what David says. Again, he's offering this prayer. He talks about the openness that he has had. He says, I'm going to be intentional in the morning. I'm going to direct my prayer to you. I'm going to give you those things. I'm going to share those things that are upon my heart. And then notice verse 4. He says, For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor shall evil dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate all workers of iniquity. You shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come into your house in the multitude of your mercy. In fear of you, I will worship toward your holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before my face. Get this in verse 9. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is destruction. Their throat is an open tomb. They flatter with their tongue. Pronounce them guilty, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against you. Now listen, when you hear David's heart here, you hear him speaking about the difficulties that he has faced. Some have classified this psalm as a psalm of lament, where he comes before God and he's crying out. Maybe he's experienced some of the difficulties. Obviously, he's had people who have opposed him. And have demonstrated hostility toward him. And he's pouring himself out to God. But notice how he contrasts God with his enemies. Notice how he contrasts God with a culture that's around him. He basically says, Hey, God, I believe I can trust you. You're not like all these other people. These other people, when they open their mouth, it's like their throat is an open tomb. They speak falsehoods, they speak deception. But God, when I come to you and I speak to you and I pray to you, when I give you these groanings, God, I trust you because I believe in who you are and your character and the confidence that I can have. Doesn't it matter so much in our lives as we communicate with people? How open we are with other people depends so often on how much we trust other people. Is that not the case? How much I'm going to share with you may depend on how much I trust you. How much I believe that you will keep my confidences. And what David says is, God, when I come before you and I share with you, God, I have all the trust in the world. Listen, God does not betray our confidences. When we come before him and we talk to him about something, you can be guaranteed that God will keep those things there and he will keep them close to his heart and he will never betray who we are. You can trust him. He is not full of deceit. He is not full of falsehood. He is worthy of that conversation. Have you ever told somebody something before and before you know it, you heard it out on the street? Probably. Some of you ladies, you remember back again, maybe it was, maybe it was in high school. Maybe it was around Valentine's Day. You finally brought the nerve up to tell your girlfriend that you liked this boy. Do you remember that? You finally told her, you said, Hey, you know, I think I like so and so. And it was great and it was awesome. You thought you. And then before the end of the month, it was out in all of your class and everybody else that you liked so and so. You don't remember these days? I mean, and you were like crushed. You were like, what? I told you and you betrayed. Look, I, I learned early on in my life, you don't tell everything that you know. There are some things you just need to keep quiet, right? I remember I'd been invited to a birthday party at one of my friend's homes. Lee Long. Lee lived about, uh, maybe three-quarters of a mile from me, above me, north of me. And um, I was coming home from school one day. He'd invited me to this birthday party. And uh, Lee kept saying, are you not coming to my birthday party? And I said, no, I'm not. This was like elementary school. I'm not coming. Can't come, just can't come. And he said, everybody's going to be there. Why don't you come? And I said, I, I can't come. And they were, everybody, you're not going to have any fun. And finally, I just told the truth. Finally, I just told the truth. I said, you know what? I want you to know, my mama paid me $10 not to go to your birthday party. <laughs> Let me tell you what, my mama was a big spender back in those days. I mean, 10 bucks was 10 bucks. He said, what? I said, yeah, she paid me $10. So I'm getting paid not to come to your birthday party. I got off the bus that day, and I began making my way to the house. Very proud of what I had done. And when I got to the house, somehow, I don't know, this was the quickest thing I'd ever seen in my life, but somehow before I walked to the door, my mother met me at the door. Lee had already gotten off the bus. He had already gone and talked to his mama. His mom had already called my mama and wanted to know why she was paying her son not to come to that son. Let me just tell you what, I never told anything else that my mama did or said or anything else at that point. My mother gave me a reminder that day that you don't tell everything you know in life. And I still didn't get my $10. Um, Sometimes you just, you realize you don't, get this about God. When you go to God, you can trust him. You can put your heart right there in His hands and you can trust Him to take care of that heart. You can trust Him in His confidence. You can hide your deepest feelings right there with God and you can know that He cares about you and that He will keep those things. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that what David was saying? As he looks and he talks about the groans and he talks about these authentic feelings as he talks about these things he says god i look around me and i see so much in our culture and i see so many other people that would betray me there are so many other people that would speak to me in deception but god when i look at you i know who you are and i trust you and i can lay my heart right before you that's the reason i can be open with you in prayer what a great relationship that god allows us to experience and when we come to Him, we ought to trust Him in such a way. We ought to; It ought to be exp- an expression of that faith. When I pray, when I pray to Him and I talk to Him, it is an expression of the faith and the relationship that I have with Him. To talk to Him about the meaningful things. I say we talk to Him about the things that are upon our heart. But those are meaningful things to us. We, we get past the weather conversations with Him. We get past the surface level conversations and we say god this is really what is on my heart and in my life and god i might not would open up to other people about this but i'm opening up to you and i want you to know god you you know me already and i just want you to hear it from my heart in my life that i struggle with this god and i need help i may not be able to tell everybody else of these greatest struggles but god i can put them in your hands I can be open with you because I want you to hear this this morning. In prayer, we can be, you and I can be open with God. You and I can trust God. But in prayer, you and I can count on God. Now, I know some of you say, count on, trust. That's about the same kind of thing. You should just merge those together in points. I know you always try to get three, but you ought to just use two today. Now, I want you to hear what I have to say because I think this goes a little farther. When I say that we can count on him, it's not just saying that we trust him to keep our confidences. It's also the belief that we count on him to work in our best interest and for his glory. Listen to what David says. Let all those who rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with a shield. Notice what David says. David says, not only will you keep my confidence as God, and I believe in you and I trust in you, but God, I believe that you are there working for my benefit. And that's what's awesome is that you might go to a person and you might trust them and you might be able to share some things with them and they might keep that confidence. But isn't it a greater relationship to know that that person will take that information and take your heart and then that person will work for what is best for you and best for the relationship. He uses language like you will defend Those individuals. He says, you will surround them with a shield. Some of this language that you find here is the idea of covering his people with his wings. Over the last few weeks, Wednesday nights and other studies, I've been struck by that phrase that I've seen in Scripture of how God will bring his protective presence around his people and the way he will cover them with his wings. Whether you're talking about Ruth or whether you're talking about other Old Testament heroes the idea that God would just surround his people with his presence and he would protect them he would cover them with his wings when I go to God in prayer and I speak to him and I'm able to put all of this all of this openness right before him when I come to him with my genuine feelings and my genuine temptations I know that He'll keep those things and then He'll work on my behalf for my best interest and for His glory. And how that builds the relationship. How David can write about joy and talk about that joy and that happiness that one can have in the relationship because of communication. You know, I today there's so many different ones who do celebrate relationships and it's a great day to do that and to think about those things i said earlier one of the best things we could do in the relationship is rekindle the communication talk to them isn't it amazing too as you live together as um, god puts your heart together maybe as a husband and wife you get to know each other through communication you get to talk to one another you get to and it's pretty natural, right? When you come in in the day, a lot of times you talk about what's on your heart, don't you? I mean, when you first get in, most of the time, you're not saying, "Hey, have you heard or checked out the Unreached People group over in Africa today that we you know we usually don't do that at my house when you think the pastor that's no." We get in. There are kids running every which direction. They're doing their thing. Leslie looks at me and said, "You survived." Yes, ma'am, I did. Did you survive today? Yes. You know, it's kind of like those basic things. We just kind of know what's going on, what's happening, Just natural. But it builds relationships. And then when you're able to communicate on a deeper level and talk about these issues that God has placed before you, when you're able to kind of get in a confidential time where you can share and talk, When you know that you can share and the other person is going to keep your trust and when the other person is working for the relationship and the other person is working for the best interest as well, doesn't that tie you together in these earthly relationships? I say to you, if that can happen in earthly relationships, that's exactly what should happen in our spiritual relationship with God. And that is what David is saying here. David is saying through all of this, being able to pour myself out to you, being, being able to know that you're keeping my confidences, knowing that you are working on my, for my best interest, he says, let those individuals rejoice. Let them take joy because there's joy in the relationship that you have with God. There's joy in the communication. There's joy in opening your heart to a God who loves you, has given you access to him, a God who is working for your benefit and for his glory. That's just speaking to God. My friends, as we talk about multiplying our relationship with him this year, we talk about multiplying upward in our relationship. We will never grow in our relationship until we open the lines of communication, until we hear what he has to say, Until we say, God, we will listen as you speak. And then, as we have had that moment to internalize his message and and see what he is doing in our lives, then come back to him and take that time to simply talk. I said a week or so ago that none of us could ever imagine being married and living with someone and saying, hey... Maybe every six months, we'll talk together about something. But until then, let's just kind of be quiet. You kind of do your thing, I'll do mine. That would never go over in a relationship, not in a marriage relationship. And I say to you, that should not take place in our relationship with God either. It's not every six-month moment where you come in and check in with Him. It is allowing Him to talk to you. You listen and talk to Him on a daily basis to develop a relationship of love and joy today would you just embrace this and say hey i'm gonna speak to god maybe this day i'm gonna speak to him i'm gonna be open with him i'm gonna trust him i'm going to count on him to work for my benefit and his glory i pray that we would speak to god in such a way let's pray together father we love you we praise you thank you for opening opening the access to the father through your son the lord jesus and father today we pray that you would find us willing to come before you and to lay our lives out before you just to talk to you naturally in openness Lord, the struggles we have, the issues we have, Lord, to lay those before you. Trusting you, believing that you can act in our lives through prayer. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters, many in this place, who really do feel those struggles, those burdens here this morning. God, give them liberty. Give them freedom to call upon you, to cry out, to groan, Lord. In their hearts and their lives. Move during this moment of invitation. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.